be wonderful. We are pretty blessed, aren't we? And it's good to celebrate the faithfulness of God over the life of the church. Um, we've already heard about the youth, the children's ministry. We hear of good things that are happening. You've shared a little bit together as well. Um, We've got a great team that go out on a Wednesday night into Baronia. Uh, I was talking to a couple of them yesterday, and it's just exciting what's going on. We'll hear from them. Hopefully in a couple of weeks as well, we'll get some updates of where they're at. All these things that are going on in the life of the church, and it is exciting. And we, um, uh, we just heard from Anne in the Scriptures uh, that it's all about Jesus. In 2 Timothy 2.8, just before the, the reading that Anne read, uh, it, t- it says, Paul reminds Timothy and the, the readers of the letter, it says, Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. So 34 years doesn't happen unless the church does exactly that. Remember Jesus Christ. And Paul writes this while he's suffering in chains. He writes this while he's suffering for the gospel. In, um, in 2 Timothy 2, 10, it says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. They remember Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're remembering the good things that happen, but only can happen through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to speak a whole lot today because um, I'm going to invite Loris and John to come forward. And they're going to share with us a little bit of their journey. Oh, thanks, Tom. A little bit of their journey to, um, of, of the church. Now, Loris and John, uh, will ask them the question, but they've been around uh, the church for quite some time. And we've got some questions to ask. And I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit of what they have to share with us. Oh, thanks, mate. So if you don't know Loris and John, this is Loris and John. It's lovely to, uh, to see you. Um, uh, I've, got, I've got a couple of questions. The first one is, how long have you been around the church? Microphone. <laughs> Forever. 34 years. 34 years. 34 years. 34 years. Well, it's true and it's not true because we've been celebrating 34 years today. So we're celebrating 34 years. But I'd love to hear a bit of your reflections of what it was like 35 or 36 years ago before the life of Kilsyth South Baptist Church. Right. Well, firstly, I'd like to thank Heathmont Baptist Church for their support in all those years too. And uh, with, for their people and the finances that they helped us with in those early stages. Um, well, two years before we started at Kilsyth South Baptist Church, and two years before, I was a member of the Evangelism Committee. And our dear friend Rex Hayward was our convener. Rex came to the meeting of our group with a proposal to investigate the possibility of planting a church in Canterbury Gardens area. This was on the agenda for two years. We prayed seeking God's will and a recommendation was made and put to the Heathmont Church um, after some time. This recommendation firstly was rejected. But in a few months time, John Wright, the senior pastor at Heathmont, recommended to the church that he would be available to minister and lead a new church plant in the Canterbury Gardens. Heathmont Church agreed and gave full support. Members were challenged and 23 members indicated they would be ready to go on a mission journey 
and start this church plant. Things happened very quickly. A meeting was called and people met regularly at the Basin Anglican Church. That's where the um, Hindu church is now. The Anglican church combined with the Baronia church. So we were meeting there for some time over Sunday night and we'd have, we'd have a bit of a meeting, get together to get to know each other. We would then um, have a, a tea together. So that was a good time uh, in those early stages. Um, now, we called, there was a meeting called, there were four people who were on the um, core meeting who were meeting even in between times and more regularly until we and planning took place and what we were going to do for the future. Anyhow, we, um, we were meeting regularly at this base in Anglican Church and we advertised a Baptist church was coming to the district. And it was about this time that who would be around but Murray's. <laughs> they, uh, they put their hand up too. Sanderson's. They were there at this very, very early stages. And Solomon's down here. Um, and, uh, and Bremner's started to come and give us a bit of music as well. So we, we had a good group of people to start this church, um, and plus all the people that left Heathmont, and we were joining in with them also. More people joined, and the numbers increased. Anyhow, I think that's probably about all for now. And then, um, yeah, we'll ask some more questions for the next question. It's a wonderful sort of starting point. Of yeah, actually, Stephen, I see Stephen Andrew Wather is here with us this morning, and his parents and Stephen that were in that early stage also joined yeah. in with us at the church. So after the public meeting that was held, um, many people came to the public meeting to just support the fact that a new church was going to start. Not necessarily that they were going to continue, but there was a lot of support. And having John Wright um, come as the pastor gave a very stable beginning. Yeah, so, yeah. Wonderful. One, well, one, one significant thing that I remember of Stephen's dad, he, he came from Heathmont and they were a very, um, very good family. They raised dozens of kids... <laughs> in their house, not all their own kids, but they'd raised all these dozens of kids. Um, and Alan said to me one day, he said, all the time I've been at Heathmont, I was a checkbook member. He'd write a cheque and he'd give money, which wasn't a bad thing. But when he came up here, he rolled his sleeves up and he was involved in the church. And that was like everyone who came from Heathmont were all fully involved in doing, sharing and caring and, um, and doing what we could to plant this church. That's, that's so good. That's so exciting. And um, it's a, um, I suppose it's a, a kingdom sort of vision, isn't it, that we don't just have uh, one person doing all the work, that, that we have a, a group of people. I'm wondering, so you've, you've, you've come from, you came from the Heathmont space and the, 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 the thought came out there, the question came through Rex. 
Um, what prompted you both to decide you wanted to be part of this unknown mission at that time of planning a church into mm. this area? Well, I guess um, I was always um, wanting to be available to be involved in God's mission. And at the time at, at Heathmont, we were both very heavily involved in things, particularly with music, which was a very big part of the Heathmont Church at that time. Um, so it wasn't that we were looking for something to, to go to. We were very happy and very involved there. When John Wright came to that meeting, offering himself to come as a, a, the pastor for this new church, my heart just started to race. I, it, it just kept thumping and thumping. And I thought, oh, something's happening here. Perhaps I'm being asked to be involved in this too. And, and I just had a sense of excitement about the possibility of helping to um, spread God's mission into a new area. And there are, I wrote down just um, several scriptures that kept coming to me at that time. And there are ones like um, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the plans I have for, your, for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. <clears throat> and in Psalm 77, your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. And that was what kept striking me. No one knew that was there. But your path, you, your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along the road like a flock of sheep. And then Psalm 23 in verse 3, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I knew that if I was faithful to that calling of God, that he would be faithful to me. And answering the call of Jesus, a challenge to reach out in a new way by answering this call, um, the verse that came to me, or always was with me, was Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it was a challenge. We left our sending church, we left our sending church and our friends of many years for this challenge to spread the gospel. And uh, missionary has always been a priority since I first met the Lord at the age of 19 years. You know what excited me here the other week was to see the missionary guys stand up the front here. And uh, I've been part of the missionary um, group for many, many years here too. And uh, we decided it was time for us to drop out um, a couple of years ago. But it's, we are all part of this mission, you and I and everyone here. We are all part of this mission to go and spread the gospel to our friends, our neighbours, our community, to all people. And this was just what was on our mind when we left Heathmont many years ago.
Thanks, John. That's wonderful. I, I'm wondering, we, we move into, you've had these meetings um, with the community to sort of share this is what's happening. Um, I wonder if we can move to the very first, what you would have called the first Kilsyth South Baptist Church service. And I'm wondering, not, not how it looked, I suppose, um, but what sort of emotions or feelings were there around that very first service? It was a very happy time. I suppose we'd been um, building up to this for some time, so it didn't feel like the first service in a way. But um, it was a very happy and joyous occasion. The Basin Hall was full. It was bursting at the seams. And many people from all over uh, came as visitors us and supported us. The Baptist Union gave us blessings. John Wright was commissioned and, uh, as our pastor and lunch was served after the service. It was really a lovely time. Very, very uh, blessed we were by God when, um, uh, for all the things that um, it was starting, really starting to happen, even though we still had five years before we would be meeting down here. We still had that in our mind. You know. So you met at the, at the Basin Hall for five years. I didn't realise it was that long. Okay. Actually, you said not what was there, but I remember beautiful flowers that day that Pat Thomas arranged for us. And so there were lovely big arrangements of flowers at the front of the hall that Pat Thomas arranged for us too. So everyone was very happy. You know, I think, I think if we go back on the videos to last year, I think we showed a clip of one of those first services. Um, we'll have to look back on that. But, um, yeah, I, I do remember, Loris... You were serving in the kitchen. I remember seeing that on the video yeah, very early That'd on. That'd be right, so. yes. <laughs> uh, very See, good. that was the thing. When we came to the new church at Kilsyth, I had been very, very involved in music at Heathmont. But when you come into a new church, you a choir wasn't the first thing that was needed. Musicals being presented in theatres were not what was needed. You just got in and did what was needed. It may not have particularly been your particular talent, but when you saw a need, you got in and did it. And so that was... And, and much blessing comes from that. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I want to ask you, so you've been through now, this is 34 years of this church. Um, what are some of those pivotal moments for you um, that you can recall in the life of KSBC? Yeah, well, this is where, where I jotted down some things for this one. Um, the moment of moving from a fellowship to a church, because for 12 months we were just a fellowship. We weren't a constituted church. When to become a constituted church, you have to have a certain number of members who are committed to membership. So when we reached that stage, uh, we, we had well and truly the number. In about the 12 months in the April, we moved from a fellowship to becoming a constituted church. The move from the Basin Progress Hall to the new building... That was a pivotal moment because it opened up far more opportunities, lim very limited opportunities for us to use the Basin Progress Hall. Um, something else I, I thought was pivotal was that baptismal services had to be held in various places. And we, we used our spa, we used the swimming pool, we used the ocean. Uh, when we moved into the area which is now our foyer, we had a portable um, baptistry. So they were pivotal moments when these baptisms were occurring, not just pe people coming from transferring membership, 
but uh, new Christians coming and uh, into the fellowship, excuse appointing me, a youth me a pastor. Minute. I think I think Paul Sanderson was the first baptism, and he was baptised in our, our spa at home. <laughs> was the spa on? That would be that's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we just, at the time we happened to be in a house that. A spa was sort of a room, a room we'd built on. It was central. People could stand around outside, lounge room, kitchen, all the way around and be able to see into the spa. So, uh, like so um, that was lovely. Appointing a youth pastor uh, as the number of our young people grew, that was a pivotal point too. Um, appointing a pastor for seniors because at the time we met, we were, sort of, we were 50 and we grew older as we went on, and so did a lot of other people in the congregation. And appointing a pastor for seniors is another pivotal point. Um, the addition of the kids' wing, which is out there, the addition of portables, the kitchen, uh, all of these things that have been pivotal points. The new church here. But um, all of these gave us further opportunities to increase ministries and to do ministries in better, but it also sometimes had a downside in that it took away the more personal, intimate feel that you had when the church was smaller. So um, that, but they were all pivotal points, I think. Yeah. That's really good. I, I actually really love the the image of the or the vision that the first first people that that brought to this church to say, we've got a block of land, what are we going to do with it? And they said, let's build a space where we can worship. Let's build a space then, years after, where we can hold our children. That's growing smaller, that's, that's growing bigger. Let's build some space out the back so we can do more. Let's build a space where we believe God will do something with mm. that is this space. It wasn't just, let's plonk a big building here and then hope people come. It's actually visioning through in a really strategic, visional way to say, we believe God's doing something and we'll grow this. And I, I just absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. How, how in, the, in the last 34 years, it's a fairly decent-sized question, this one, to unpack, so good luck, uh, but how has your faith been impacted through the people of the church or the, the community of KSBC? Um. My faith has been strengthened and sustained by walking with the people in this church, side by side, God's people in this place, just walking together. Um, God's provided opportunities and experiences when faith was required. But in stepping into that faith, that faith has been strengthened. And I'd like to just tell you of some of the early experiences, we're talking about early times, where that was a factor. We prayed together. As plans were being made for the new fellowship, we prayed together. As one member suddenly became extremely ill from a spider bite, which was life-threatening situation, phone calls were made. No mobile phones, but phone calls were made and we rallied as a church in the car park, in the dark, um, the car park of the Basin Hall, in darkness, to pray for our fellow who was in such a dire situation. Later, there was another call to pray for our pastor, Graham, who was suddenly to undergo very serious surgery and to, again, 
phone calls around and in, we were now in this area at the, uh, which is our foyer, that was our meeting area. Again, the church came together one night to pray for Graham at that, in that time. We cried and we grieved together when unexpected deaths occurred. Our granddaughter at 15 years old was one of those, the first baby to be born into this new church. A young husband and father of a four-week-old baby. An older man who came from the Murrubark Church to help start the new church. So we cried and we grieved together through those times. We laughed together, holding some very um, hilarious, fun-filled nights of acts performed by ourselves, not imported artists, ourselves young and old. We were free to laugh at ourselves and at others and no offence was taken. And we'd go home sore with laughter from the fun Laughter is a gift from God and we used to go home just sore with laughter from some of the acts that were performed. We worked together. The hall had to be set up every week. It wasn't there set up for us. The night before it might have had a raucous party going on. There were balloons that used to come down during the middle of the sermon, still balloons that had been left up there from the night before. We had to go in every week set up the seats, set up the hall, ready for our service. The organ had to be brought every week. Harry Thomas, faithfully, every week, went to John and Judy Wright's home with his trailer, put the organ on, brought it to the Basin Progress Hall, set it up, put it back on the trailer, took it home again. Next week, back it had to come. About three years after being there, they, they began to trust us, these people, the Progress Hall people, and they allowed us to leave the organ in one of their little rooms and they had a lock on it by then that we could leave it in. But for about three years, that organ, Harry very faithfully carried that. So we walked, we worked together. We, we, we went out in twos on a, one particular Sunday morning. We went out into the community, two by two, and knocking on the doors and introducing ourselves as a new church and asking the people what we could do for them, what we could do for the community in that church. And out of this, the main request that came was, please do something for our children. And so from that developed crate, playgroup, Sunday school, and later on, in, when we in this area at the back here, a very, very successful after-school uh, kids club and uh, holiday programs. We laid bricks together, we painted together, we cleaned together and we ate together. Um, lunches in church and in the homes, barbecues and we witnessed baptisms together. All of these things we were doing together, and I've spoken about that being in the spa, being in the ocean, being in a swimming pool. So um, as the church grew, many other ministries have developed. I've just spoken about ones that sort of in the, in the past, in a sense, but we've continued journeying side by side there have been men's and women's work, children's, youth work, the coffee cart, all these things have been added along the way. But all of these experiences were there uh, because of a desire to be obedient to God's calling and to provide a place of worship 
and a place where people could come and grow in their faith. Um, so I think, um, what do I have got down here now? God was our motivator. That's what I wanted to get over mostly. God was our motivator. He was our leader. He was our provider. And we do these things trusting that he'll build his kingdom. So as we are faithful to his call, he's faithful to us. Psalm 23, 3 again says, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake, not for my glory, not for your glory, for his name's sake. And this is how faith is strengthened together. It's hard to grow on your own. So the key word here has been together. Us together, but together with God. And as a church grows bigger, that's harder to maintain, but it still can be done. It just needs a bit more organisation. And so we need people who are prepared to give time into creating these spaces where we can be together. Thanks, Loris. That's wonderful. John, did you have anything you wanted to add into that? Well, I've sort of um, thought of a, something a bit funny. And because when Stephen Andrew Arthur put his face next to mine here this morning, I thought, oh, all these things came flooding back. Then they, then they had the... Then they had the, um, the youth program. Well, that was foreign to Stephen because Stephen, he would have had them kicking a fire f soccer ball around or having Mick Jagger up on the stage. Or when they had pick-apart, you'd go out there into the, into the car park and your hubcaps would be missing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had good fun, those young people, in those days, I tell you. We had to, had to rein them in a bit sometimes. <laughs> we might scrub that so that Jordan doesn't see any of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Jordan's on holiday. He might be watching. Hi, Jordan. Don't do that. But, um, yeah, now what was the question again? I got off the track a bit. <laughs> how has it impacted your faith? How has the, the church impacted your faith? Well, I've, it's been great because mainly because of the people around and uh, and the best part is that it's been a family church right from the start. The young and the old, all mixed in together, and, and it still is. We, we still have this family church and it's lovely to see the little babies come and be dedicated and it's wonderful to see the older people um, moving in and, and helping and sharing also. It's not just old people and young people, it's togetherness as, as a family and that's what really um, I love about this church. And, oh, thank hmm. you, that's wonderful. Last question. If you were to sum up Kilsyth South Baptist Church in just a few words, and I think you've probably already yeah. already connected this, Mo what, what are they? Mostly, but I, I consider um, uh, it, it's a Bible-based teaching church and a family church, as I said before. And the love of Jesus is always prevalent and uh, it's important that we keep that faith and we keep Jesus um, up there and in prayer and, and together, as Laura suggested before, uh, we need to pray all the time. Thanks be to God. And I'd just say I see Kilsyth Church as um, a body of God's people growing in faith and desiring to honour God in our daily lives as well as through the ministries of the church. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for your time and sharing with us some of that journey of the past 
And uh, we look forward to journeying with you and together into the future as well. We know God's got things in store for Kilsock South Baptist Church um, as well. Oh, stick around for a second. I just want to pick up on this, this idea of faithfulness. Um, and um, I chose the, the passage that Anne read to us in 2 Timothy for a reason, for this one, one verse in 2 Timothy 2.13. It says, if we are faithless... He remains faithful. And as I thought about that text, and after speaking to Loris the other day, I thought, when we are faithful, we expect God to be faithful as well. God's faithfulness and our faithfulness work together to do something good. God does something good. But this text reminds us that even when we waver, even when we trip and we stumble, even when we head off in the wrong direction, even when we find it really hard, God is still faithful. And churches around Australia, around the world, know that. Know that, that when, even when, maybe we, maybe we don't quite go the right way. Or maybe there's been a failure in uh, one of the leaders, and we see it through the, the, the news, don't we? If there's a failure, God's faithfulness is still there. God's faithfulness never wavers. And I, I find that a real encouragement, that we are a faithful group of people, which is great. Um, and God's faithfulness is there through that. But if you're feeling that your faith is just struggling, God is still faithful to you. God is faithful to this church. Why don't I pray uh, for you both? Thank you for your time this morning. But pray for us as a church as well. Our Lord and God, we give you thanks and praise that you are faithful. That God, uh, faithfully over the last 34 years, you've had your hand over this church uh, 35, 36, 37 years ago when, when the seeds were being sown, God, of what might be uh, that there were some faithful people that put their hand up and said, yes, I will. And Lord, they came and as they saw this land and saw a vision of what might be, maybe they didn't see exactly this, but God, they had a, a bigger vision of what you're going to do in this community. And we thank you for their faithfulness. But God, for your faithfulness to, 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 to leave your mission in our hands is incredible. May we, as your people, your hands and feet, continue on with the mission that started here in Kilsyth South 34 years ago. Continue on into Kilsyth and beyond as we faithfully serve you. We give you thanks for this church. It's a good church, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.